life was like a box of chocolates. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What am I gonna do with a gun rack? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You're tuned in to the Honey Wagon Podcast, a weekly dose of unfiltered rants and reviews on the latest Hollywood flicks and timeless classics. Here are your hosts, Andy, Rich, and Lou. You're listening to Take Nine of the Honey Wagon Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hello, guys. Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, Nothing hey. Nothing much. Nothing much. We're on episode nine. Yeah. Pretty awesome. We're getting there. We're going to reach a milestone. We're, We're getting soon. some spring weather now, too. A little, <laughs> yeah, little like mild it. outside. I'm liking mm. it. Liking it a lot. Oh, what was that? Was Testing that? a little accent yeah. for your sure. new play coming out. <laughs> yeah. Richard the Fourth. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so take nine is today. We're going to be doing a lot of things on the show. Our feature presentation is The Invisible Man, which stars Elizabeth Moss. And later on, we're going to be reviewing our flashback film of the week, which was Lair Cake, starring Daniel Craig. I'll just hint very quickly. He looks like a baby. In the movie? It is baby Bond in this movie. Right. Did you, did you happen to catch the scene? Yes. You, you As soon as you saw it, you were like, this is what they must this have. This is the James Bond scene. Yeah. The whole movie was kind of James Bond-y. He had, he had a couple moments where it's like... But I feel like because yeah. you pointed it out last time... But I didn't tell you which scene. No, it's true. But yeah. I guess we were kind of keeping an eye for it. But at the end of the day, it's just so... I guess because he's so ingrained as our generation's James Bond. Yep. Um, yeah, just some sections like, oh, yeah, this is that Bond shot that those... Producers must have been like, there's a man. We need him. We mm-hmm. need Daniel Craig. <laughs> Good pick. <laughs> All right. So we'll get into our review of Lair Cake a little later on. But first for our, our subplot discussion, well, before we get into our actual subplot discussion, we'll get into the sub-subplot, which is we do want to acknowledge that Mr. James Lipton has passed away this week. Yeah. He was he was 93 years old, which I did not realize he was 93. Holy mm-hmm. shit. It's weird, too. And if you think about the show that he hosted, which was Inside the Actors Studio, which was, I really enjoyed it growing up. I used to watch it. It was like a, I can't remember if it was a 30 or 60 minute program, but he pretty much interviewed like all these big actors like Alec Baldwin and like Morgan Freeman, you name it, had them on their show. Uh, yeah, he passed away this week and um, learned a couple of new things about him. So I knew that he was a writer, knew that he's acted a bit. Yes. Uh, definitely knew that he was the dean of the Actors Studio Drama School at Pace University in New York City. But mm-hmm. he was also a lyricist, which I didn't look too far, too much further into. But. Yeah, I did not know that as well. I think he actually wrote uh, lyrics for... The Beatles. <laughs> no, just kidding. TV show themes, I was going to oh, say, I think, but don't quote me on whoa. that. I was just reading a bit of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'll about do a little passing. research right now because I'm pretty fascinated by that. That's yeah. pretty If he wrote the Golden yeah. Girls theme song. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can, Why do people love that theme song so much? It's do you not like the Golden Girls? I did not watch the Golden Girls. You've never seen the Golden Girls? I've seen them, and I've seen some clips, and it seems like it's pretty funny, but I never watched it when oh, it was on, and I don't watch, haven't watched reruns gosh. of it, but people seem to love the Golden Girls. It's you know, such a good show. <laughs> I'm a late-life convert to it. Like It's not one of my absolute favorites. Uh-huh. Uh, some of the characters are great. Blanche and Dorothy are hilarious. I'm not a big Betty White fan at <gasps> all. Really? I could care less I believe about that's blasphemy, Betty White. Sir. No way. 
She's um, so sweet, though. I do uh, love Blanche. Was awesome. Blanche is great. Um, also, I'm so distracted because in my field of vision is a box of decadent PC brand uh, chocolate chip Uh-oh, cookies, that's and I'm be like swiped by the end of the oh, night. Oh, it's the soft baked one. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you eat when you get baked, um, Richard? Uh, sometimes, but it's just treats for friends. <laughs> treats for friends. So it's s- such a tease. Some yeah, of his songs. You, yeah. It really is looking at me. Like it's got eyes looking yeah. right at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some that, of James yeah. Lipton's songs, sorry to interrupt, uh, Puff, Putty in Your Hands, mm. okay. Harriet's <laughs> Zedley, I Always Stay at the Ritz, With This Ring, Sherry, Marry the girl myself. Are you making these up? And inside the actor's studio profile. <laughs> you made all that up, didn't no, you? No, I'm oh, look okay. at Google. He also wrote a song called Christmas Eve. Okay, so he didn't write for um, TV show themes. He also either. invented the concept of Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> he is no, Father he Christmas. He, you know, he. I will say I've watched the episode of in the actor studio with Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. A th- thousand times yeah i've watched that repeat that's a good one i've seen oh, that one it's yeah. so good just i love dave Chappelle, and yeah. it was such a hilarious conversation and james lipton was amazing in it yeah. as he usually is but yeah that i've watched that one with dave Chappelle. Like. i always thought his delivery like lipton was interesting because mm. it's very like theatrical yeah, yeah. a little bit yeah. um but i i find that it was always the actors that drew me in Sure. And and then I grew to like his delivery and his, but his shows, style. Shows like that don't survive if the host isn't good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if the guests, whoever they're getting, if the host doesn't, you know, engage with them in a way that they're not mm-hmm. used to, that the actors appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Then a show like that is not going to last. Yeah, as decades the way it did. So, yeah. yeah, I do feel like something that I appreciated was how, like you said, he was very relaxed, but also very kind of earnest and like he really cared you could tell how much he cared and how real his passion was and how you know i think the actors fed off that like this guy isn't really bullshitting at all like he is a just a true student and lover of the art yeah but on the flip side something that always kind of irked me was when he would kind of transition um, when he would be in a conversation with an actor and they would be going over famous roles and mm-hmm. the transition between each, ro- each role and it was <laughs> almost like, this is your, now you have to, you know, play this part for me. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. Just, mm-hmm. it, I just like, it was just kind of like very, I don't know, very peculiar thing to point out. But uh, yeah, right. James Lifton, rest in peace. He also yeah, wrote a book, peace, listen to this, 1983 published his novel Mirrors about, any guesses of what it's about? Mirrors? No, it's not about mirrors. Dual personality of actors? Wrong. Oh, okay. rehearsing? Wrong. Oh. <laughs> One more guess for each of you. Quick. Time. T- ten. Oh. Nine. Oh, my gosh. Six. Um, nine. N- uh, three. He wrote two, about the man in the mirror. One. Wrong. He self-identified as a vampire. Wrong. Oh. oh. He won't see himself in the mirror if he's a vampire. Oh, I see what you're saying. It was a book about Mm. dancers' lives. Oh. What the hell? And then he later wrote and produced it as a made-for-television movie. Oh. Oh. So he never made it to the big screen. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, if you don't know who we're talking about, he's also been, um, like, there's been a lot of parodies of him on TV, like on Saturday Night Live. Will Ferrell would always act as him. Of course, he was on The Simpsons, too. Um 
where you know his cartoon character was eventually murdered and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> he does kind of have an interesting. He has a lot of character in his face mm-hmm. as you know as mm-hmm. a person and stuff. Yeah. But um, he also had like some appearances in Arrested Development. So there's different places you might have seen him here and there. Okay. But definitely James Lipton. James Lipton, man, rest, rest in, in peace. It also another shocker to me is I I never realized that show inside the actor studio started in '94. I thought it was. Way back, you know, just a little older than that, but it's fairly new if you kind right. of think about it. Hmm. But I'm going to play the clip actually from that appearance on The Simpsons. All right. Okay. Welcome back to Inside the Actors Studio. We've met Rainer Wolfcastle, actor, novelist, barbecue sauce spokesman. Now can we meet McBain? Let me get into character. Okay. I'm McBain. All right, Mendoza, I'll give you the Maxwell circuit if you put down my daughter. Ooh. <laughs> uh. Oh, it's a pleasure to eat your lead. Good, sir. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. All right, okay, let's get into our subplot discussion for today. Uh, independent theaters are accusing Cineplex, which in Canada, Cineplex is huge. It's our massive Mm -hmm. movie theater chain here uh independent theaters are accusing them of anti-competitive behavior so rich you got more details on this sure so there's a petition that's been signed by all these uh independent uh cinemas across canada so eight thousand people have signed it and it claims that if a distributor tries to book a film with an independent film uh theater anywhere near a cineplex location uh, Cineplex will threaten to pull their own screenings of that film in the area. That's insane. So that it, that spooks the distributors into shutting out uh, the smaller theaters. Mm-hmm. So some of these theaters, like the petition was started by uh, Vancouver's Rio Theater. Um, and uh, the owner of the theater, Corin Leah, said that it's something indie theaters have been putting up with for years. Mm. Uh, they're the little guys, so we don't uh, have much power in this equation. They have to wait sometimes three to six months. Yeah. After a film has come out before they can get access to it to screen it at their um, independent theater. So mm-hmm. obviously three to six months after a movie has been out. That's a long time. Right. Who's, so that's the, yeah, that's it's the they're, they're basically saying that this is not a fair thing. So they're actually going to take it to the Comp- Competition Bureau of mm-hmm. Canada. Yeah. Um, this petition, and it's actually being backed by Toronto's own Paradise Theater, mm-hmm. which uh, just opened up about a. Uh, in December, just open in December, and if you guys want to go support them now, because yeah. we're about to have a little conversation about this, but um, they're at 1006 Bloor Street West, which is on Bloor between Osington and Dufferin. And did in they Toronto. reopen? Mm-hmm. I or don't know is, if they is reopened. Is this a completely but, new theater? Well, they said they opened their doors in December in the article here, and um, Jessica Smith, who's the uh, owner there, she was saying that, um, yeah, she noticed it immediately as soon as um, they opened their doors, yeah. the problem with being able to get the screen film. It is something that, um, so currently where we are right now, we're so fortunate to have, uh, we actually have four movie theaters that are within walking distance yeah, to us. We're lucky. We're super lucky we're really for lucky. that. And two of them are, uh, one of them is a major one. The other one is like a step down. So it's like the middleman, ma- famous yeah, players, yeah. famous players, yeah. still, still part of the Cineplex if, family, but they get a bit of a slightly older film. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been able to see half the films that we exactly have seen on the. And then two other theaters are local theaters that have just lived in this neighborhood for a very, very long time, 
And I'm so glad they're there because honestly, some of the best movies I watch are at these small theaters. The, the Regent and the Mount Pleasant. Shout outs to those. And they've been around for theaters. ages. Shout out to the famous players though because it has not been res- uh, renovated oh, since the I 90s it. and it's perfect. Right. Mm-hmm. And also shout out to uh, a theater, a smaller theater, uh, Imagine Cinemas near fr- Front and or close to St. Lawrence Market. In Toronto. I can't remember the intersection, mm-hmm. but uh, oh boy, is it old school it's, and just yeah, gorgeous. Great. But like ni- like early 90s, late 80s old school. Yeah. Just a delight. In terms of like the, what you mentioned, Rich, about how um, like they're putting stipulations. So uh-huh. they'll say, oh, well, if you want us to play your movie, you can't play in this radius around us. Basically. This is yeah. stuff that I've actually heard about in other industries like music festivals really? and stuff okay. where um, festivals radius yeah there's a radius clause so if you saw if you're a musician you sign with a um, a festival right. they would actually say you can't play within a 6 week like before and after our festival you can't play in another right. festival which sucks it's yeah. stupid but this is not a radius yeah. clause thing where these theaters are concerned this is just basically cineplex strong arming mm. the competition mm-hmm. in the area one in the more in depth in the article as well. They were saying one theater actually had um, a movie that they got after it was released somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. And because it got an extended run, actually, I think it was Parasite, to be honest with you. It probably so was. So because of the new popularity for Parasite after the Oscar wins, um, apparently Cineplex had strong armed some independent theater to say, mm-hmm. stop playing it because they didn't want the competition. Not cool. Yeah, it's not cool yeah. at all. So first thing is, question to you guys now is, what's what's the first thing that you, you're going to look up when you're looking for a movie? You're going to Cineplex, right? I mean, I'm honestly, I think um, when I look for a movie, I'm going to just first type it in. I'm going to see where it's playing. Cine- because even with Cineplex, not every movie plays at Cineplex. Right. So, and really, I think my first priority is looking for a theater that's close to me. I do have favorite theaters yeah. in the city, but... You know, at the end of the day, I want something that's more convenient for me, so whatever's closer to me. Um, But honestly, like, what is their problem, though? Because even if it was, like, for example, back to our hood, where it's like we have the big... The big chain. We also have the mom and pop theaters. We have the whole mix here. We we're have really the whole luck- mix. We have. We're really lucky. And now, if they were to play both movies at the same time, a lot of people are still going to go with the big guy because they have AVX. Yeah. They have the sound. They have the comfort. They have so all kinds of things. It is a little more convenient in, in a way. No, um, but now that you know about this story and Cineplex is pretty much strong arming independent theaters, are you willing to wait a few months to see a movie? to support that's okay. hard this is and i'm not hard. saying i'm not I, saying i'm gonna do it i'm mm. just putting it out here for us to okay. ponder and pontificate i've done it um right. for sure because okay so some movies do make it to cineplex remembers but mm-hmm. it's super limited now if this one theater that's playing it is in like oh my gosh Brad the other Tanner, end of toronto or random. mississauga or something like no f fucking way am i going to go travel all that way and i actually will i will wait for until the smaller theater gets it and there's some movies too where i think if a lot of people are hyping it up i don't want to be going in with all this misinformation or or feeling influence so okay. i will actually wait a oh, few that, months mm, interesting yeah. okay so you so I'm, an issue I'm, for you it depends i'm you know what at the end of, at the end of the day 
I think just going to the movies in general is better than obviously mm-hmm. streaming something at home or downloading it at yeah. home. You know, if right. you're supporting the local theater, regardless of how big it is or small, you're doing a good thing. I just love the experience of going to the movie. Me too. Yeah. yeah. But what about yourself? Are you willing to wait a couple months now, possibly, if you want to show some it, support? I think it depends on the movie. Uh, but on the flip side, the way that I'm going to try to show more support is just going to those theaters to watch what they have in general like okay. we have in the past mm. right. um, like right. we'll go in we've seen some hits we've seen some misses but the experience is always yeah. pretty memorable nonetheless right and i would say that the region of mount pleasant have a pretty good handle on more interesting let's say uh world cinema or more kind of like art house kind of vibes and docs yeah and documentaries yeah. Mm-hmm. so shout outs to them and just in general to you out there in podcast land support your local theater Cool. Yeah, man. I'm down. I'm going to do it. All right. And we're going to go to the Paradise. Paradise. Uh, let's do Paradise we're go see a and movie then at the Paradise. All right. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. All right. I think it's time to move on to our main feature for the day. We're talking about The Invisible Man, which just uh, debuted last weekend uh, across North America. And the film stars Elizabeth Moss, uh, Aldous Hodge. I don't know who that is. Storm Reid. Also don't know who that is. Yeah, there, well, there was... Elizabeth Moss is pretty much the only... She's the only notable person one, that yeah. I really knew in terms of actors. Well, in she's in, like, Handmaid's Tale or something? Yeah. Okay. i never seen it. <laughs> and but she I was know in Mad face. Men, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. okay. I did not know that. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm just a spitballing. All right. Well, this is a... They're describing it like a, a horror drama movie... We'll talk about how scary it was a little bit later on. It is rated R, and uh, it's kind of, it's not a remake, but it's kind of adapted from some ideas of the Invisible Man, the series. Oh, there's been a lot of uh, Invisible Man movies, though. Yeah. You didn't see the one with uh, Kevin Bacon? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it was all right. I I saw chunks of that one. Yeah, I saw it. I saw it in theaters. This is actually, yeah. Now, this is two Invisible Men movies I've seen in theaters So, is it the same concept of, like, meaning, um, well, we'll get into a synopsis very soon. Okay, well, I'll just say for the Kevin Bacon version, um, which has been most of, I think, the other versions, and again, you guys out there, movie buffs out there, Feel free to comment on Instagram or Twitter if I'm wrong, but it's usually been a scientist who's experimenting on himself, and um, he does it in order to obviously see if he can pull off being invisible, and mm-hmm. then it kind of drives him mad, and he starts doing crazy shit oh, and all okay. that. Because one of the things with the Kevin Bacon version is that because he's invisible, he can't ever sleep per se. Like he needs to cover his eyes in order to see dark because his eyelids are invisible. So think about it. So that would drive you crazy after Mm -hmm. a while if you can't even sleep because you can't not see at all times because he closes his eyes. Mm -hmm. He still sees. You know what I mean? But um, Mm -hmm. so but this version of the Invisible Man with Elizabeth Moss is a little different. Wait a minute. But wouldn't that mean that his eyes are invisible as well? If his eyelids are invisible? Right. Wait, what? I know. But if his eyelids are invisible and he's all invisible... Then how are his eyeballs like Can not he still invisible? Can he closes invisible eyelids? No, he closes his eyelids, uh-huh. but he still sees <laughs> because his eyelids are invisible. And this is Kevin Bacon in real life. Oh, not in the movie. so his eyelids are like clear, right? Well, in yeah, that's the point. But so his he, eyeballs when he tries to sleep, well. he can't because he can still see, even though his eyes are closed. What if he's in the dark though? He could do it. I guess so, man. 
So we've just broken we've, this movie. We've spent <laughs> so much time on this eyelid thing. Let's talk about the let's, 2020 Invisible let's, Man. <laughs> let's get a synopsis. All right, Lou. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, no, this is actually, there was some very serious, serious tones about this film that I can really uh, appreciate. Um, so um, Elizabeth Moss is a character. She is in a, an extremely abusive relationship. Uh, with her um, partner, who is just a scientist, who is a piece of shit, super violent, extremely controlling. She... Not a scientist. He's more like a tech um, genius. Yeah, He's whatever. Scientist, genius, like whatever. Yeah. So she drugs him one night. She escapes from the house. He comes running after. She's in a friend's car. I think her, her sister's car. Sister. Her sister, yeah. They get out of there, and then so it begins the beginning of her, you know, a life away from this person. She finds out that he has committed suicide. He has left a lot of money to her, but now um, she just can't shake him. She feels like he is watching her. And shall I put one of these puppies? Spoiler! Spoiler! Yes. Spoiler. Actually, on that note, let's get into the clip from the movie. It just doesn't make any sense. What? Adrian wouldn't kill himself. Listen, you're getting your freedom back, okay? Don't let him haunt you. Hello? I'm scared. You don't have to be scared of him anymore. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. All right, so that kind of echoed what you already said, but with a more dramatic effect. Yeah, much more dramatic. Yeah. So, okay, I think what was really interesting about this movie is... um we get the backstory without actually having to see it. So there's no need for like flashbacks or anything like that. So it was really interesting. Like literally when the movie starts, bam, it's already started. Like mm-hmm. they're getting right into it. And I really like that they kind of kind of cut all that stuff. Um, it, it was definitely heavier tones like compared to – no, I have never seen any of the originals or read the book or okay. the series. But definitely from what I've heard, it's like this is kind of its own kind of twist, meaning yes. like they're, you know, they gave the woman more of the story and mm-hmm. the visible man. Yeah, that absolutely. Guy, that absolutely. Kind of yeah. So that, that was really interesting. And there were definitely moments in the movie where it's like, like, I really felt for her. I was like, oh, man, like there's heavy, heavy tones of PTSD in this movie about trauma and that kind of effect. But then... And then they start to lose me a little bit mm. in terms of just it's more like when the ideas of the invisible man are finally while well, she's like she she gets to a point where she's figuring it out. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, OK, yeah, shall I'm I losing interest? OK, a shall bit. I shoot off another spoiler? Yes. Yeah. Spoiler, spoiler. Yes. Spoiler. OK. <laughs> OK. Continue. <laughs> it's it was OK. I don't even know where to begin. Other than I kind of begun, but I don't know how to critique this movie just yet. You don't know how? I know okay. how. <laughs> how should, where do we start? <laughs> critique it, Golu. Uh, okay. Um, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for her character, um, you know, very empowering in the way that she was able to, you know, take her life back, yes. escape from that situation. 
Um, and then all of a sudden, she's faced with a fucking invisible man. Uh, and we think throughout the movie that it's, uh, you know, maybe it's a ghost. She's losing her mind before she suddenly starts to put everything together. And no one believes her. No one's giving her a chance. And then she really takes her life back. Uh, and she goes toe-to-toe with this psychopath. And she uh, overcomes him. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this movie... Was she, like, really solid at times in this film? Elizabeth Moss? Some very powerful... Um, moments, yeah. Unnerving performances. She sells the, 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 the scare or mm-hmm. the terror. Was this movie sloppy and fucking all over the place? Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this film is overrated. Yes. This film is way overrated. It's 91%... On Rotten Tomatoes, really? critics gave it 91%. The, the audience gave it 88%. That's insane. Whoa, that's pretty high. Okay, we're going to give our own rating as we usually do on yeah. the show right now. But just going by the percentage number from 100, what number would you guys put it around? I would I would put it more at like a 50. 62. I was going to say, oh, yeah. I was gonna say I would 61. Say 60, <laughs> yeah, like a 62-ish yeah, around, the around there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so first of all... This is what I call one of those two-thirds movie. Mm. It was good for two-thirds of it, and then the last third, which is usually <laughs> yeah, the most yeah. important part, like stick the landing, right? Yeah. It doesn't stick the landing. Yeah. It just doesn't. And, man, Here, here's my... I wanted yeah. to like this movie. Me too. I thought, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, Lou, you go first. So my least favorite part of this film, mm-hmm. and I just thought, okay... This is the fucking. It's so un. Sure, it's a movie about a man with a a suit that makes him invisible. First, this is just so unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Let's say, uh, me and Rich are okay. Well, it's just me and Rich. Okay, let's say we're having a conversation right here. Okay, we're about this far away from each other. Sure. And, and you out there in podcast land, I'm sitting in a, sitting in a chair. There is a a full size desk separating me and Rich. Let's say an invisible force punches you in the face, and I'm just sitting like this. Right? Are you gonna, for some reason, Blame. assume that mm. I punched you in the face? Right. The way yeah. the daughter did. With <laughs> this the is girl. an actual so scene, scene in the movie. She was nowhere near her. <laughs> that was so man stupid. Slaps the kid in the face, and she Im- immediately blamed her instead of. Hold on. And Elizabeth, I don't have powers. I was like, first of all, did yeah. you see her arm move? Like her arm yeah. didn't even move. Kid. Elizabeth Moss was on the floor crying. Yeah. The girl's across from her, yeah, I, and she gets yeah hit from another direction. Then she blames Elizabeth. Moss. And this isn't what a is child. This is a young adult. Right, She's yeah. just been accepted like pretty fashion smart, smart kid. Yeah. Absolutely smart kid. Sharp tack, and she blames someone for invisibly. Mm. This movie force had a lot of potential. It could have been a really good movie if they just tightened it up in a few yeah. spots and. This is a definitely one of those movies they gave away way too much in, in the, the trailer yeah. and mm-hmm. the commercials and all that stuff. Like everything we played. Like right. that was majority of that trailer. There's a scene one time where she's in the room and she's staring at an empty chair. Yes, that was not in the movie. Was that in the movie? I think it was. I don't remember no. if it was or if it wasn't. That wasn't in the it to, wasn't. to me that's an a really scary airy type thing that yeah. She's staring at this chair, it's empty, and everyone won't believe her when she's like saying there's somebody sitting in that chair. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, I wish they had, you know, used that kind of thing a little more yeah. in terms of, is she crazy or is there really an invisible man? And Great point. It was, they should have it, invested more time into If that. it was more airy that way in terms of you don't know if she's, 
you know, hallucinating it or if it's really happening and they played on that for a little longer, it would have been so much better. So much but better, it's, yeah. too much was already given away in the commercials and the trailer as yeah. it was already. So you already know there's mm-hmm. an Invisible Man. It's completely unrealistic for this guy to make a suit like this. But even if he did, it's even more unrealistic that she would be able to use it. Mm. And, but they also didn't explain anything about, about this guy's background. They just said he's in optics. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's cool. You just got to roll with it. But you just know, <laughs> he's, know right? he's an abusive, violent piece of shit. Who's also a and super genius. Not that he is a guy. fucking innovative genius where it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense that he might have been able to come up with one of these. Okay. It's just kind of hinted like, oh, yeah, he, events, he might... He was close to inventing invisible suits so like what one of my problems with the film and rich you kind of hint, uh, talked about this is that you know watching the trailers it's almost like this is supposed to be a scary movie yes a horror movie did you guys find it to be scary it was not a horror movie i didn't at all. use one of these at all spot block <laughs> he did not spot yeah block. never spot block I w- and i also wasn't kind of i was because just because i thought that she was overacting a little bit in the trailers and i found that kind of funny i know i'm bad but uh i wasn't concerned at all about my terror at all going into this movie was not really? i did not scream once i, I, I really I, wanted to scream you screamed once of all the scenes no, that yeah. scared me that made me jump is the part where she threw the paint on him <laughs> when she was in the attic. That's, yes, that's when you even that though, and Even though that's in the trailers, mm. it still caught me. Like, when it happened and she did it, like, it, I still jumped. That's the only part of the movie where I, like, yeah. was startled. But that was also stupid. So what, like, paint can fall on him, but everything else he can... Well, no, but... There's got to be other things getting stuck to him or getting caught on. Maybe, but uh, he Probably was able to wipe stuff. it off or he got out of the house. I can't remember what happened exactly after yeah, he washed after it. it off. That but, was another thing. They showed the paint. That, that was so unrealistic. But he had two suits and he had yeah. his brother in on it the whole time as well. Then but, somehow she got a suit? No, yeah. well, I don't know how she managed to get her hands on the second suit. And yeah. there's no way she was able to be in the house, get away from him, whatever to say that she needed to go clean up, put that suit on in time. Like, the, time, the amount of time between mm-hmm. her leaving and coming back and cutting his throat with the knife no way she would have been Agreed. able to put on that suit yeah second of all there's no way the suit would fit her mm-hmm. there's no way she would know how to actually work it properly yeah, there like, was no zipper yeah. there's no way you don't see like an on button or something i'm sorry I, that once the, that was just that a was bridge too far yeah. or something it was or whatever a bridge too far for me at that yeah. point i was like there's no way she'd know how to work this suit it's got to be so complicated to work and make work there's no way she would just be able to get it, put yeah. it on, and, and I don't kill think it's guy. a matter of just putting it on. I think you have to go to that tech room where yeah. it activates. I don't it. know. I don't. But that's another thing they blew too. It. Like they really blew it. And I, when? Sorry, go on. I just found like so even um so the brother is like acting as the lawyer and uh, helping or saying okay yeah you know you're he left this in his will because he apparently commits suicide blah blah blah. But, like, it was the second meeting with the brother. I totally called it. I think I leaned to you, yeah. Lou, and I was like, he, he's, he's the invisible, he's, like, one of, the, or yeah, he's- I think I said he's the invisible man, um, you know, thinking yeah. that that was just him. Yeah. But, no, it was too- totally predictable. Even her putting on the suit was predictable. It's, it's like, it, was un- it was unbelievable. Yeah. And like- what's up with that setup when he's suddenly encased in this secret kind of cellar and the SWAT team uh, goes to find him? Well, that was his way of trying to make himself look innocent. Right, right, so but like, how did he just... even set? Maybe I'm kind of pulling at straws at this mm-hmm. one, but how did he even pull that off? He's all beaten up. No, but you got of... his brother to do that before. He got his, his brother, brother to do that. But he... how did they know to kind of look? He there. left whatever clues for them to, yeah, I to guess find so. him. Like he, yeah. that, I found a little far fetched. It wasn't far fetched in terms of 
the diabolical person that he was. I guess in in the context of that movie where the far fetched is flowing freely, yeah. that's something that's yeah. okay. Yeah. But here's something that I found to be odd, uh, and that there was that whole scene when they when he was uh, attacking her when she was locked up in the mental uh, right. hospital. Mm-hmm. Again, unbelievable. So mm-hmm. it was so Terminator two ish. <laughs> it was worse than that though it ruined the movie for me at that but point but he when he has the suit on he's like tossing people like he's super powered yeah it well, was they, crazy he's well, like karate chopping people ahead they're done well they yeah. don't see him coming so he's getting free just right but still locks. like if someone's like if someone's gonna if someone punches you in the chest whether they have an invisible suit or not right it's not gonna knock you out Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why and, wasn't he just shooting them? <laughs> and this is the other thing, too. If you really wanted to keep the ruse going, you should kill every single one of those cops, right? Exactly. Yeah. He tasers the first cop. So what do you think when he wakes up? He's not going to say, OK, well, she's not crazy <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> there, was, there was an invisible guy. He fucking tasered me. Yeah. yeah. And I woke up and I was like, yeah. he was like glitching in and out or whatever. She's yeah. innocent. Like, yeah. So if you want to keep the ruse going, you got to kill him. You got to kill every single yeah. one of those cops in the hallway. And that would have been made the movie better because yeah. then they would have thought, okay, I don't know it's what this woman's on. They have cameras, she, I'm sure, in that right. hospital capturing the whole And based on the, the ending sequence. of the movie, it, it, it would have so protected much her. Yeah. 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 And, so here's the thing, yeah, though. Sorry. This Quick movie thing. Sucks, man. <laughs> Why was he glitchy? Like, because those guards were able to see him. Is it because he got wet uh, from the water when she was in the no, shower? No, because when she, she stabbed him. She stabbed him with the uh, knife or with I a ballpoint pen or yeah, something. I think the suit is just like reflecting all the light away from it or lenses, something. Reflective so... lenses, like across the entire body uh, or something. Uh, it really, really doesn't make sense. Make sense. So it he really... was glitchy and you could kind of see yeah. him. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, okay, so this movie, you didn't find it to be scary. No doubt. No. I didn't find it to be good. Okay, and it, all, it squandered lots of opportunities for it to be good. Yeah. And yeah. also, like, the actual Invisible Man was not scary. He looked like a fencing player. <laughs> yeah. He looked or like whatever. A, I don't know. It was like I'm a like fencing a mask. It was, or uh, kind of like, um, what's that paper towel commercial? Scott scott towels or whatever <laughs> that's what it looked like like the material just like right, yeah. yeah no were, it was they, bad what's, what's the commercial with the bears that are always wiping their ass oh that's Charmin? Uh, Charmin. Charmin. i love that commercial okay. that's great too <laughs> they should do a movie on those uh, bears oh, in man. any case oh, okay i gotta mention one more quick thing <laughs> one more quick thing so she there's a moment in the movie where she's trying to restart her life she's trying to get a job and she's apparently like a really good um, architect or something. Okay. And so she goes to the job interview and she has this like, you know, when you have your portfolio, they're pretty big portfolios. I don't remember her running away with a portfolio when she left the house. Oh, How did she get that? I don't even remember. Nor did she address her hidden portfolio or her missing pictures again in the film. Mm. Yeah. It just like, okay. It was one quick moment. It's like, and that was the only time I realized, oh, she's an architect, and then it was never mentioned yeah. again. They might as well shouldn't have mentioned that. Anyways, story okay. At all. There was a lot of random things, lots was, of lost opportunities. It had, it had a, so much potential. I can't believe it's rated so high. Let's wrap this up, man, because yeah. this movie, I was disappointed. Okay, I'm, hold on, hold on, before we do. So, the ending of the movie, this is total spoiler. This whole thing is a spoiler. But. So she eventually she puts on the um, invisible suit. The invisible suit. She kills him, and the whole point is that there's security cameras in the house, and it's supposed to look like oh he commits suicide. He killed himself at the end of the movie. But then she like so she calls the cops. Then she walks away. Aren't the cops going to wonder why didn't you stay? Yeah. Like she has the suit in her bag. Like she's going to get caught. 
She's going to get caught. They're going to come looking for her. She's already been involved in how many crimes? She, yeah. Like, it didn't, it just doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. The, the first two thirds of this movie, they set up a good premise. Mm. And it was, had potential to be a really, like, interesting, like, psychological thriller. So much potential. So much potential. And it's just, mm. it's, I, I'm, I'm going to call these movies two thirds movies. Mm. The first two thirds are really good. And then it just, or just you Slops lost fucking it. falls yeah. apart. <laughs> yeah. And Sunshine, again, Danny Boyle's Sunshine is another one of those movies. First two mm. thirds, amazing. And then it just fucking fell to pieces. All right. So is it time? Yeah. It time is time. Time for the rating. What should we write this out of? Invisible suits? Invisible suits. Invisible suits. We can't see him. We don't even want to see him. Don't turn him on. Don't turn him off. You can't see the guy. You can't see <laughs> yeah. the movie. Yeah. Zero suits. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. You're going well, you can't zero. see him. Okay, four invisible. You can't see him if I give you three, four, okay. or five invisible I'll give suits. It, I'll give one invisible suit okay, out of five just this? based on her performance. Because of the halfway thing that you mentioned where it's like it had potential, I'm going to give it a two out of five. It was not scary. Mm-hmm. It, I was so... I felt Did you like, call it a horror movie? No. Thriller, I no, guess? Maybe a thriller. But again, like that invis- once you know he's invisible, it's not scary. It's just not scary. Like, this movie kind of had elements of, like, what's that Julia Roberts movie? It was That was a really Pretty good Woman. Movie. No, oh. uh, Sleeping with the Enemy. Uh. Or Ju- <laughs> uh, or uh, Jennifer Lopez and Enough. Like, it was that kind of style. But those movies were so much better than this And movie. also, those movies, like, that's, like, a gritty, realistic power. Those are intense, yeah, real-life stories. Yeah, those are, like, I'm going to get, get him back. And this movie was like that, too. But... The seriousness went away with just how cheesy this Invisible yeah. Man looked. I'm going to give it one Invisible Suit out of five. The Invisible Suit, basically, you can see all of me. I'm not invisible at all. <laughs> so yeah. it doesn't even work. Uh, it yeah. only covers <laughs> half of my ass. Just oh. one of my butt cheeks mm. is invisible. That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, just a floating My left cheek. Missing ass. It's just... It's yeah. a yeah. defected Invisible Suit. Yes. I think mine is two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to give it two suits as well. Okay. Because, again, it had potential. It, the premise was good. But if you don't stick the landing, and then the more we spoke about it, the more I was like, yeah, this movie sucks. It, <laughs> so, was, it was just, yeah. Yeah, two invisible suits out of five. But, okay. and I, That even feels generous, if it right? Is, that is being generous. I think so. And, okay, so yeah. last question before we move on mm-hmm. real quick. Would you recommend it to people? Not at all. No. Nah, no. 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 Yeah, wow, silence. Invisible <laughs> like, silence. There you like, go. Like, yeah. In- invisible silence. I'm sorry, guys. Hey, you know what? If you... <laughs> <laughs> again i must say this is where the trailer uh they literally took every good part of that yeah, movie put in the trailer if you want to trailer. watch it just watch the trailer and then youtube the rest mm-hmm. of like people talking about the ending and all that sort of stuff but mm-hmm. yeah we don't recommend it it's also that time of year where things are a little bit dead yeah. when the movie uh february with february with the releases and all that yeah. but you know in a few weeks there's going to be a few um some good movies coming out so we'll have more all right i think it's time to take a break and then after the break we'll talk about our flashback feature layer cake all right let's go for a snack show starts in one minute Honey, there's a sign. But, Herman, we can't resist. Charmin's so deep down, squeezably soft. And the soft fragrance is irresistible. Irresistible price, too. Honey, the sign. Everyone squeezes new Charmin here. Does smell nice, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so soft. 
you gotta resist it, honey. You gotta be strong like us guys. Right, Whipple? Oh, Whipple. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. New squeezably soft Charmin bathroom tissue from Procter & Gamble. Take it home and squeeze it. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. And now, on with the show. Welcome back. You're listening to the Honey Wagon Podcast. Remember, if there are any comments you have on the comments that we have on the films that we're reviewing, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Honey Wagon Pod or on Instagram at the Honey Wagon Podcast. You could DM us and you can also uh, rate, subscribe, and comment on all podcast platforms, wherever you can comment at least. We are on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and all that good stuff. Mm. All right, guys. I think it's ready to do our flashback feature, which was Lair Cake from 2004. Rich, can I get a synopsis? Sure. So this is the gangster underworld drug dealing life. So there's this guy, and they don't ever actually say what his name is No. throughout the movie, but he is looking to retire from the drug game, so he wants to get out. But unfortunately... He gets asked to do two more things. One is to do a deal with this guy named Duke, who is not a good person to get involved with. And he's also asked to find a missing girl. And basically, this just shit just falls apart. Everything spirals out of control. Everything gets out of his hands. And he just basically has to maneuver between all these people more powerful than him and all these other inept gangsters and it's just a crazy scenario and he just wants to get out and he just wants to retire and that's basically it but it's yeah it's Mm -hmm. this movie man and apparently there's a scene in this movie where daniel craig is doing something where producers for james bond were like there's our james bond yeah which uh, so i forgot to mention some of the stars so daniel craig lead character who has no name yeah sienna miller who shouldn't even be in the credits yeah Yeah, i don't understand why she gets a credit yeah and then michael gamden who's michael gamden or sorry gambin i do not know i can't remember he is uh he plays eddie temple what? So he's the oh, second so he main the, gangster. He was more, uh, he was like the, the main big, gangster because yeah. he spilled on the other main gangster. Like the final big boss. Yeah, that set up unknown dude originally because he was actually working with the feds. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I found this movie to be kind of like it reminded me of The Gentleman, which we reviewed last week. Well, that's part A of the reason bit. why it, by fluke that Lou pulled it in our nominations for mm-hmm. films we haven't seen. But I was like, this is a I was surprised that it was Matthew Vaughn because I couldn't remember who had directed it. Mm. Just thinking about it in hindsight, having seen it years ago. Yeah. But it felt so much like a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. Like it's got all the the beats and the vibe and the lingo and... Again, because they're London people, mm-hmm. so it just everything about it felt like a Guy Ritchie movie. But I really enjoy it. I hated it. You hated it. I think I'm I starting to realize it. that. <laughs> I knew it. I I just I can't do these kinds of like like is this an 
action movie? I don't think it's an action movie. It's a dr- dramatic film with c- crime dramas, I guess you can call it. It's a it. crime drama, I guess, because I've also felt that way about Rock and Rolla, which you mm. haven't seen, mind you, but um, where I was like, I, it's not, it feels, it feels like a comedy, but it feels also like an action movie, but not, but a drama. Yeah. And it's, again, for Layer Cake as well, same idea. Like, there's elements of humor, there's action, there's... A little bit of everything. Stuff, but you didn't like it. There's... I think it's just like the drug dealing genre of movies. It's like, I just feel like I've seen it so many times. So you felt like you've seen this movie before? Yeah. Like yeah. it felt so familiar. But also at the same time, it just felt like a little bit of a drag for me. And maybe yeah. it's because of that. Maybe because I felt like I've seen it so Lou? many times. I am right in the middle between you guys. Um there are elements that I did enjoy mm. a lot. Like I liked that it was it had that vibe. Tom Hardy's in there as well too. Oh, Tom Hardy. Okay, yeah. so and I'll touch on that soon. Um, yeah, it did have that vibe of uh, of a snatch and a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. But I felt like it was almost a little more cleaner. It was a, like, and it just portrayed uh, Daniel's. Daniel Craig's character is this very efficient, intelligent guy who, you know, could probably operate just as well in the, you know, the street side of things in the world outside of this this criminal uh, underbelly. He doesn't take chances. Yeah. No, he's he's very efficient, very calculating, and you see that throughout the film in regards to a lot of the decisions he makes, a lot of the plans that he has. Um and I, I did like uh, some of the characters in the film. I liked kind of the gang that he had kind of close to him. Mm-hmm. But I never felt like I got enough of them. Okay. Like Tom Hardy's character, I didn't get at all in this right. film. I barely there, interacted with him. It was also uh, Colm Meany, which people might remember him from Star Trek. He played the engineer, um, the I think Scottish or Irish engineer on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. He's in there as Gene, who kind of is like a middleman between... Right unknown guy and the first Jimmy super Price, boss yeah yeah and also george harris who played morty mm-hmm. who he beats up this guy who got him in jail and so he has to disappear for a little and while i love morty's character yeah, morty, I, I, just, loved morty's I just character. didn't get enough him. of right. any of these but guys he, throughout he had the to film. leave though he put that guy in the hospital he put him in critical care because the guy mm-hmm. wound up getting him set up so he wound up doing 10 years in jail while he only did two years then he comes up to him in the restaurant like nothing happened Mm-hmm. So, of course, he beats the shit out of him in the restaurant, so he has to disappear. But I loved Marty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just felt like I didn't get enough of some of those characters. I, I liked felt, all the characters, though. I felt like the um, the story sometimes maybe was a touch unnecessarily complex. Yeah. I felt that, Especially with that side story of, should I throw a spoiler or... No, it's so okay. old. Okay, no spoiler. <laughs> um, 2004. Yeah. There's the scene where, okay, so, okay, uh, you have to find this guy's daughter. Yeah. Um, and then it's just kind of me- immediately remedied mm-hmm. when it's revealed <laughs> that the father of the daughter, who's also this final boss, yeah. it's almost like a video game, um, he's recovered his daughter and he explains that, no, this guy was only asking you to find her and locate her so that he could trap you keep her as a mm-hmm. as a Hostage, ransom yeah and that that concept was kind of interesting but i felt like just because it was a, a such a big part of the first half of the film before it was immediately just kind of snuffed out really mm-hmm. quickly um it just kind of ruined the rhythm of the film for me i think maybe in a couple years if i i don't know a couple years but maybe if i watched again i'll get a I like better appreciate appreciation of it uh there were elements yes that i did really enjoy like even the the final kind of heist when they are um 
when they have kind of a suit or, or they're pretending that they're cops. Mm-hmm. They set, you know, uh, so Daniel Craig's character goes to meet with Duke's Duke's old squad mm-hmm. to buy these ecstasy pills back. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's a raid by the cops and then it's revealed that the cops were the same guys that he hires yeah. to right. usually do stuff for him. But I yeah. feel like at no point of the film did you get the sense that this type of caper was in their like wheelhouse, you know, that they could figure like that they could throw something like this together just because Daniel Craig's character was so by the books, James mm-hmm. Bond esque throughout right. the film. It was such like a kooky yeah. kind of maneuver. Yeah. It's like, Oh, they're going down that route. Interesting. So yeah, just, there's a couple of things that I just felt like we were just a little bit off for me, but yeah, I, you know what? I would still maybe recommend this. I would recommend people. it. I absolutely would, especially yeah. if you're a Guy Ritchie film fan yeah. of stuff like That's Rock and Rolla mm-hmm. and that style of movie. Then I think you would definitely like this. Directed by Matthew Vaughn, though, not Guy Ritchie. But mm-hmm. it, it, I, I bet you dollars to donuts he's been um, influenced by Guy Ritchie, and he actually wanted to do a movie like Guy Ritchie. Oh, for sure. For him yeah. to make this movie. And also, I would not be surprised if Daniel Craig was heavily influenced from James Bond yeah. mm. doing this movie. I mean, that scene that you were mentioning. With was, the gun, yeah. Yeah, it's so the that, total, you know, holding the gun to the side of your face yeah, and, then and then stepping turning out around like the corner, Batman. Yeah, turning around the corner. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah. looks exactly like the James Bond that we've seen in all the movies, right? Yeah. So I saw but that and he I was looked like, like yeah. a baby Bond. It was so weird, actually, to see him this way. Like, he looked like Daniel Craig, but he was, like, so, so much more slimmer yeah. and just tiny. Not he was so muscular. small. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Matthew Vaughn, he yeah, he pr- he produced Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm. as well as Snatch. There, there you go. There you oh, go. so that's why he's got that uh, oh, guy Richie. Oh, that's eye. why the visions. Did in. he also do Baby Driver? He did not. Oh, okay. I think it's time to rate. Okay, are you looking at me? Yeah. Um, let's see. Should we do cakes. guns? Okay. Oh, <laughs> I've always got a guns. You guys shot me down last week when I pitched guns. You no want to do guns? Well, okay, we'll do cake. But there's no cake in this movie. Why was it called? There is they- cake. There's cake at the end, and it's actually a layer cake. Oh, I remember them mentioning layer cake. I didn't see a layer well, cake. That's what I think was... I noticed if there was a cake in a movie. Well, he was also saying the the temple, the big gangster guy was saying that you're in the layer cake now. It's like you yeah. can't get out. Yeah. You're, like you're baked into the cake as far as he was concerned. And so, that's what I remember hearing. Yeah. But there was a cake? Are you being for real? I swear. What kind of cake? It was kind of like a strawberry. Were they eating cake. the cake? They were at the end because they were celebrating oh. having pulled off everything they needed to pull off right. i miss that i, th- I okay. barely remember the cake oh man what cake right now <laughs> not strawberry though okay i'll give it um oh, i hated this movie but it's so it's so it's just so biased of me to say this because i don't like the movie but it was i guess it was a good movie i don't know you guess it was a good movie i don't know <sighs> honestly i'm giving it two Two Out cakes? Of five Two cakes. layer cakes? Two layers. Okay, we're doing layers. Two layers. Oh. And they're not that great, but it's decorated really nicely to lure you in. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to eat this with a cup of tea. And then you eat it, and it's, a little, it's not that great. But you'll, you're like, I'll still finish it. All right. What about yourself, you know? Lou? Uh, How I'm many gonna, layers? <laughs> I'm going to give it 3.2 out of 5. And it's one of those cakes that you get, you, you're, you know, you're visiting an old relative 
and it's like a very fruit dominant cake. So yeah. there's a lot of fruit. Well, there's a, like some kiwi. Nobody likes that peach, kind of cake. Yeah. And then there's kind of like a cheesecake thing at the bottom. Yeah. So it's kind of like a cheesecake. Okay. But as you're eating it, it's like, okay, there's elements of this I like. Like I like the and strawberries. I don't know about the kiwi on the cake too much. <laughs> and the crust is maybe a little too uh, mm. decadent for my liking. But I, I like a little bit. Uh, like a little bit of it, and okay. I, there's a little bit that I don't like. I don't know why I went with that voice. But, yeah, three to five. Okay. Well, no, 3.3, 3, sorry. I'm okay. going to give this four layers. Four layers. That's, it's, that's pretty good. No, but hold on, though. I will say this, though. This layer cake, it's good. It could have maybe had another layer. The icing isn't good as I remember it the first time I ate it. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> but yeah. I still like it. I still like the cake. And I would still say try it. Mm-hmm. You might not like it, but try it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I feel like I'm stoned right now, but I'm not. Um, all right. Okay, there you go. So, you know, some of us like it. Some We're literally on the spectrum right now because Lou's in the middle. I'm on the, like, furthest mm-hmm. end, and you're all for it. I really agree the on man movies. In the, oh, no, man in the mirror. Man I, in the middle. I would say we've only agreed on Parasite and 1917. 1917. Everything else, I think we've been on a spectrum. Or, all over. Well, we yeah. agree that Invisible Man was shit. Oh, yeah. no, we're on the same. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. That counts. All right. Okay. So check it out. Um, Layer Cake, 2004 release starring Daniel Craig. Check it out. I'm sure it's out there. Or rent it if movie rentals still exist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it is time for us to talk about uh, what movie we're going to watch for next week's flashback film. We actually refreshed our uh, list of five movies. Mm-hmm. Qualifications are at least two people out of three should have not seen this movie for it to be on the list. Right. And I think most, some of these, and all three of us haven't seen. So let's get into the list. Yeah, list. Okay, Do you have okay. it right there? So the films that we have not seen that Lou is now holding in his hands are A Streetcar Named Desire. Ooh. Well, that's a classic. I would like to see this movie. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted al- to watch it. Always wanted to see it. Miller's Crossing, The Coen mm-hmm. Brothers. Slept on movie. A lot of people haven't seen mm-hmm. it for some reason. One of their better movies, in my opinion, as a Coen Brothers fan. Mm-hmm. Frida. Hmm. This, <laughs> well, is, this is my pick. That is uh, Andrika's pick that Lou and I have not seen. In Bruges, starring Colin Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you recommended last week, because we yeah, did The Gentleman. Yeah, and I believe the other gentleman's name in there is Brendan Fraser. Not Brendan Fraser. Uh, Charlie Tate? Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Brendan Gleason. Maybe I'm not. I sure. think you might have zinged it right there. Maybe and uh, a beautiful mind. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe and Ron Howard. So you got it, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, Brendan Gleeson. So there you go. That's an in Bruges and another movie that people seem to have slept on. Really good movie. Mm. And Colin Farrell was the only bright spot for us in the general. Hey, we all agreed on the gentleman too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's he was true. the only bright spot in the gentleman. But these are the films that we have not seen that Lou is about to pick: A Streetcar Named Desire, Miller's Crossing. Frida, in Bruges, a beautiful mind, mm-hmm. and the movie we will be reviewing mm-hmm. as our flashback. I would be happy with any of them, to be honest. Dee, 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 I'm dee, really dee, rooting for a streetcar named Desire right now. Ooh, kind of want a beautiful do, mind. Do, 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 do. Frida. Yes. 
All right. Ooh. Finally, that took nine oh. tries. I think that's the one movie we kept on the list throughout na, all the na, weeks. Na, 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 na. So Frida starring Selma Hayek. Selma Hayek, yeah. That's Frida Kahlo. I love Frida Kahlo. I love Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. And Edward Norton's in it, too. I did not know that. Little side fact. I think he had a small role in the movie. And him and Selma Hayek dated for some time. Oh, okay. Because of I did know movie. that. Oh, that's why. Yeah, okay. they should be together, but they're not. He seems um, like he's a persona non grata in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Edward Norton. Yeah. He also, also, random fact, he also dated Courtney Love, which is really weird. So mm, okay. that kind of puts a weird taste in my mouth for him. But I think love it me put Edward a weird Norton. taste in Courtney Love's mouth. <laughs> or in his mouth, <laughs> Literally. actually. Um, all right. Okay. So that's next week. And then our next, uh, our feature presentation for next week will be Birds of Prey. Oh, with, yes. With uh, the Harley Quinn movie, which I think they changed the title of it because it used to be like 10 words long. The Emancipation of Harley, Harley Quinn, Quinn and her... Something stupid. Something Girls of Rage or something. But, uh, <laughs> Girls of Rage. I don't know. All right. Okay. There it is. Birds of Prey. Next week's feature presentation. And then our flashback film... Freedom. It's freedom. I'm so happy. This is awesome. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, if you have any comments on today's reviews, you can always re- reach us out on Twitter at HoneyWagonPod and on Instagram at the Honeywagon Podcast. Make sure to also you could DM or comment on any of our posts if you have uh, any feedback to give us. You can also like, share, and rate and subscribe to our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. Make sure to check us out. The Honey Wagon Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. 